maybe you've had this happen before. You're in a conversation, you're with a group of people, and you say something or you do something, and you kind of get one of those looks, or, or maybe even somebody says something like, hey, what, what gives you the right? Like, who do you think you are to say something like that? Or, or maybe you're the one who said something like that. Somebody does something or says something, and you're like, hey, you don't, you don't have the right to say that. You don't have the right to do that. There's this interesting thing that happens, I think, that's pretty universal. Different ways that we express and give authority. I want to talk about authority today. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the 12 cast. My name is Jake Kirshner, host of the 12 cast, co-author of Just 12. We're a community of people striving to prioritize 12 others, just like Jesus did. We want to see everyone in someone's 12. And so today, as we get started, I wanted to talk about authority. Authority. And the reason I want to talk about authority really comes out of the Jesus mandate. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know we talk about the mandate that Jesus gave. A lot of Christians over the years, for for quite some time, have called it the Great Commission, where Jesus, after he's been crucified, buried, comes back to life, appears to the disciples, has them gather on a, a high place, a mountaintop, a place that the kingdom and, and earth are coming together, and Jesus gives this last pep talk. Not even a pep talk. He gives a commission. He says, hey, all authority and power has been given to me, therefore go. Actually, he says all authority. He doesn't use the word power. just want to correct myself there. The last time I talked a little bit about doubt, because the disciples that were there, some worshipped and some doubted. So there's these different words that we want to explore. And, and at the end of this season here, season one of the 12 cast, we explore doubt and this word authority. Starting next season, we're going to tackle a couple other words. Authority. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So that phrase, whatever Jesus says next, I mean, God just came back to life from the dead. Whatever he says next is a big deal. We'll get into that in a minute. Before we do, I want to talk about these universal ways of looking at authority. I think throughout time, throughout history, in most places, if not all places, there's at work one of these four ways of, of thinking about authority, ways that authority has been given and granted, ways that most cultures say, yep, that person has the right, that person uh, can say those things, can do those things. Now, the first is relational authority. That's the most common. Most of us experience relational authority. We, we have a brother an uncle, an aunt, a mother, somebody in our life that we have a relationship with that gives them the right because of, and maybe it's just a close friend, somebody who we've had connections with over the years, that they have the rights, they have the authority to speak into our lives, to say something, to call us out on something. Relational authority. And that can exist in a bigger group too, a family, you know, the 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 grandmother or the grandfather or the mother speaks and everybody's like, yeah, that that person has the authority in our our tribe, our family. And then you have uh, expertise, expertise, authority. Uh, sometimes that expertise comes with um, training. Sometimes it just comes with experience. Now, I mean, we give people authority this way all the time. Think about like uh, when we go get our car worked on, right? The mechanic has authority because of his expertise. And now maybe that authority comes with a little bit of relational authority too, because somebody referred them or recommended them. But most of the time, we, we go to people who have that expertise, that experience, and we allow them to do the things that other people wouldn't have the right to do, right? I mean, we give our doctors the authority to 
operate on us. Dentists, the authority to poke around in our mouth, whatever it might be, we, we give them the permission. We give them the authority. They have the rights to do those things because of their expertise, because of their experience. Uh, there's a third one too. That's, that's the, the title, the title, the credential, the badge that comes with certain positions. I mean, throughout history, the, the biggest positions would be things like kings or empire, uh, emperors, princesses, queens, right? They have this title, but over the years, maybe things have changed culturally, but that authority still comes with a title. I mean, if you have a job, most of us have somebody that is an authority over us, right? It's, it's our boss. I mean, if you are the boss, you're the CEO, you have that title, you have the authority, but you also have authority over you. You have the authority of a board. Or maybe the board has some sort of governing body that has authority over them. So there's these different levels. And oftentimes that kind of authority, this title, this position authority comes with hierarchy. Different people have different authority depending on where they are positionally. And there's a, a fourth one that I'm going to get to in a second. But I want to talk about these different ways of Jesus authority as we see especially in the book of Matthew, but throughout all the narratives about Jesus in the, in the gospel, the gospel narratives written about Jesus's life. Because when Matthew uses this word authority, there's, there's context to that. And, and authority has come up a few times in the, the story of Jesus. After he starts his, his ministry, there's questions about his authority. It, it, you think about the relational authority he has, or the relational authority somebody else thinks he has. Now, Jesus is in a house talking, preaching, healing, and someone says, hey, your mother and brothers are outside. The anticipation, the expectation is that Jesus would say, okay, well, I better go talk to them because they have authority. And Jesus says, well, who's my mother and my brother and my, my sister? Aren't you all in that? And so he, he kind of starts to subvert what people's idea of authority is or who has the right to speak with authority. Uh, there, there's another time where when Jesus is, is preaching, and actually this happens quite often, where he's doing miracles and he's preaching and he's doing things. And, and people say this of him. They say, who, who is this guy? Like, who, who is he? Because he seems to, to talk. He seems to have authority, unlike the scribes. Now, the scribes were a group of people that over the years, they had the expertise, right? They, they studied the scripture. They recorded the scripture. They they knew the laws. They knew what scripture was supposed to say. And, and then people look at it and say, but Jesus seems to have a different authority than that. He teaches with authority, but not like they have. So he starts to subvert that. Uh, there's another time where Pharisees and, and those that are leading the people in Jerusalem uh, get called out by Jesus. He, he goes into the temple. He flips some tables. He, he says, get out of here. You're, you're, you're thieves. You're robbers. How dare you do this to this house? He says, my father's house. And this kind of gets the attention of those with authority, right? Those with the title, the position, the Pharisees, the leaders. And they say, what gives you the right? I mean, you don't have authority here. I mean, they start to really question how it is that Jesus thinks he has any right to, to do and say the things that he's doing. See, because there's another type of authority. There's a, a spiritual, a divine authority. And, and throughout most history, most cultures, they would typically put that title position authority with divine authority. If you were in a, the highest title and position, it must mean you have a divine authority. 
mean, you think about the Romans and, and Caesar, he, he basically put himself at the same level as the gods, right? He is divine because he is the ruler, because he is the emperor. And people had that, that at least in their mind, maybe not that they were equated to the same level as a god or, or a deity, but certainly they believed that a deity had passed on that authority because of the position that they were given. And here in Jesus's story, we see that he's subverting all of that. People are recognizing he has authority that doesn't come from title and position. What was his title and position? It doesn't just come from relationships. It doesn't just come from experience and expertise. I mean, they would say things like, well, isn't this Jesus son of Mary and Joseph? Isn't he like a son of a carpenter? Doesn't he come from Nazareth? He doesn't have any of these credentials to do these things. And so Jesus is subverting all of that. And then when he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me after he is, is killed, crucified, buried, comes back to life. He says, no, I have all authority. Oh, oh by the way, when Jesus said to, the, to this group of people that, that wanted Jesus to, to say, well, where's this authority come from? Jesus is pretty smart. He knows hey, I, whatever I say here, it doesn't really matter. I can say my authority comes from heaven. I can say it comes from the Father. And they said, well, hey, give us a sign. You know, obviously, if you're coming in here saying this is your father's house, flipping tables, you, you think you have the authority. So give us a sign that you have this authority. And Jesus says, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. I'll give you the sign of Jonah. Now, if you remember the story of Jonah, most of us are, are familiar with the story of Jonah, the, the, the prophet of, of, of God who gets eaten by a big fish, a big sea monster of some sort, swallows him up. And he's in the belly of the fish for three days. And then he gets vomited up on the shore. And Jesus says, I'll give you that sign. And that's what he does. He goes to the belly of death at the bottom of, of what seems to be the furthest place, the furthest reaches of, of uh, our existence. And he gets spewed back out of death because death can't hold him down. So he gives that, he says, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. They don't, they really can't comprehend what he's talking about, but then he does it. And after he does it, he comes back and he says, hey, all authority has been given to me. And what he says next, now that he has all authority, and it's not just all authority, like he's not in this category of all authority of titles and positions. He's not just above all that. He's superseding any other kind of authority there might be. All authorities, all those different ways I just mentioned, he's got all of those authorities. In heaven or on earth, whatever you think authority is, he's got all of it. And since he has all of it, he can do, say, act the way that he thinks is, is the right way, the good way to act. He has all the rights to say it. And, and, and what does he do with that? He passes on authority to the first followers of Jesus and then to every generation of followers of Jesus that come after. He said, therefore, since I got all authority, therefore, you go. And wherever you go, disciple. Disciple. Do what Jesus just did with his closest, narrow-focused, relational group of people, these 12. Well, at this point, it's 11 on this hill. He says, you go, do what I did. Pour into, invest in, include, prioritize, and love like I did with you. He says, invite people into the kingdom, baptize them, uh, help them understand what the kingdom is, and then live in a way, embody it, 
teach it, display it, describe it, live in a way that is the ways I taught you. Teach people to obey everything I've commanded you, including this command that Jesus gives here. And he says, I'll be with you to the end of the age. Here's, here's why this is important. Why, why do I need to talk about authority? The implication of Jesus passing on his authority, this is huge for us. Because I think there's some of us who say, well, I don't have the authority. I don't have the rights to be a discipler. I don't have the rights to disciple other people, to invest in other people like Jesus did. What gives me the right? And it's Jesus gives you the right. He's got all authority, and he he gives a slice of that authority to to you, to me, to every follower of Jesus that comes after. He he gives that authority away. It's it's like a a deputizing, right? He he makes us ambassadors. He he doesn't necessarily give us a badge, but he he passes on. He makes known that we now have the authority. So, So when we say, well, I don't have the education, I don't have the credentials, I haven't studied my Bible enough, I... Uh, you know, nobody's had me go through the right program or whatever it be. All those things might be good. They might be helpful, but they're not necessary. It's not what Jesus says. He, he gives this authority to the first followers of Jesus, to his first followers, and, and says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And this is one of the biggest commands. Right after he says, all authority has been given to me, go and do what I did. This is a huge command. So so we have the right. You have the right. Not because you've gone through the relational stuff, although that stuff is going to be really helpful when it comes to pouring into and investing in other people's lives, those relational connections. Not because of expertise or experience, although that's going to be really helpful when you start engaging people in your 12. Not because of your titles or credentials, but that might be really helpful. But because you've been given the, the authority that supersedes those other ones. Now, here's the other reason I wanted to talk about authority, because I think there's some of us who say things like, well, I just don't see God working in my life. Or we kind of live on this up and down of like, well, sometimes I feel close to God, sometimes I don't. Here's the thing. What, what if the, the reason we don't experience as much of the power and authority of, of Christ in our life is because we're not engaged in the thing that he commanded us to be engaged in? I mean, yeah, sure, you're, you're maybe you're living a, a really nice, kind life, and you're doing acts of kindness, and you're showing up to worship, and you're, and you're reading your Bible, and you're doing these, these good things, but you're not doing the thing he commanded. You're not doing this thing that, that he said, hey, invest in other people. Here, here's what I believe. I'm, I'm convinced that the more I'm active, the more I'm engaged, the more I'm investing regularly in the lives of 12 people this narrowed relation to focus, the more I do that, the more I see God at work, the more I see the power of Christ, the authority of Christ at work in my life, at work in the lives of people around me. And because I'm engaged in that way, my eyes are open to the ways that the kingdom works, the ways that, that Jesus works. And, and so what, what are we going to do with this authority? This thing that we've been deputized with, that we've been sanctioned and commissioned with, this ambassadorship that we have, this way that we can witness. I think for me, and I hope for you, you maybe can start to not dismiss, but maybe not put so much credit and regard into the other ways that we think we need authority 
and start relying on and leaning on to, to Jesus' words here, where he says he has the authority. Then he passes, passes it along to us. And I just want to say this too, you know, I'm not saying there isn't a place for authority to be passed on to leadership. There's discipleship and making disciples, and then there's leadership of communities, leadership of, of groups, of, of what we call churches. That kind of leadership, that, that kind of authority for a leader to speak into, to encourage and equip a, a group of followers of Jesus that are trying to live on mission with Jesus and just trying to live the ways of Jesus. That kind of leadership, it is important. And I think it does come from a, an, an ordination, if you call it. That's what many call it, is an ordination for leaders. Something that says, yeah, this person, I mean, it, this is written about from by Paul to to his, one of his, I think one of his 12, doesn't say it that way, Timothy. Hey, when it comes to like deacons and leaders and teachers in the church, there needs to be a process. There needs to be some, some check marks, some marks of what, what makes somebody qualified to do these things. So I'm not saying this supersedes that. But I do think those quali qualities and marks start with this. Start with somebody who has been faithful to the commands of Jesus, especially this command to, to, to be a disciple maker, to, to be discipling as they go throughout their life. That kind of leadership, that kind of qualifications, that's not for everyone. Discipling is. You've been given permission. You've been deputized to do it. So that's you and I. Let's keep doing it. Let's try to find a way for everyone to get into someone's 12. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you being a part of this journey with us. Love to continue to hear from you. Make a note in the comments ask questions, do all those things that, that we uh, need to do to, to help everyone be in someone's 12. We'll talk to you soon.